morning Fabcasters, this is Arbar with the drive time. Got another book review, book reflection. I am the kind of person that I, I can't just read a book one time through. I have to read it over and over and as you see, look at this, this thing is all tagged up, all inked up, as you can see here on the video. Uh, this book has changed my life because it challenges the church to stop making such a big deal about the church in exchange for making a big deal about the kingdom. So let me let me say that another way because that just can come across so um, the wrong way. Uh, Reggie McNeil uh, believes that the church has elevated church culture higher than it should be in exchange for kingdom culture and that that's my paraphrase uh, the, so the present future uh, the the title here is uh, six tough questions for the church um, I, I think an, another good title that this could be is um, six truths that the, that will set the church free I don't know something something like that so an, another thing that I that I have to do that I choose to do when I when I read books is I listen to the author speak. I I look up every podcast I can and hear so I can hear their tone of voice when they're speaking. Um, in the book, you you would tend to think, is this guy angry? He's there's there's a sarcas sarcasm in the book, and uh, maybe it's a righteous sarcasm. I don't know if sarcasm is the tearing of the flesh, but it, it would I could interpret this wrong if I only read the book. So having seen as many YouTubes as I can by Reggie McNeil and, and am now listening to a podcast about it, man, I totally get his tone. He's, I can resonate it, I can resonate with him because he is critiquing the, the culture in which he grew up in. And so when the pendulum swings hard, like it, like it did for me, like I was part of a, a Bible doctrine cult, we'd worship the Bible, we said that the study of the Bible was the highest form of worship. We actually said that in our bulletins. And now to come out of that and realize that Jesus is better, that the kingdom of God is better, the, when it first happens, the pendulum swings so hard that I could be interpreted as coming across as angry. Um, or, or arrogant or that I've arrived and uh, some, someone could get to here but I, I assure you that is not that is not his, his tone it's, it's passion and um, so one of the things that comes to my mind with the present future is well let's just talk about the title we can live abundantly now in light of the future and the future is the kingdom of God so humans write history I'm looking at the past God writes history uh, looking at the future. God never forecasts. He always backcasts. Everything is completely opposite. Um, then we do things different than God does. And he's outside of time and space. So, so that we live now in the present in light of the future. Uh, let me see. I want to pull a quote here as I'm coming to a stop sign here. Um, the title of the book, here we go, it says it here. When the kingdom fully comes, people will finally realize their full potential as beings created in the image of God. 
Jesus hinted at this when he spoke about the abundant life. That's why Jesus came, right? He came to have, so we have life and life, have it abundantly. Quote here on page 73, to live abundantly is to borrow the future into the present. So hence, that's, that's the present future. That's what it's all about. Um, and I, and I, I think about this because, holy smokes, if, if the church didn't exist in the garden, and the church doesn't exist in the new heaven and the new earth at the end of time and for all eternity, then wait a minute. You're telling me the church only exists for a blimp of time in, in God's overall plan for humanity? It's just a means to an end? If, if the church, which, which the body of Christ, the believers are the church, and we gather together typically on Sundays as congregations, so that's not the church. We're the church, but we we gather as a congregation. If we're just a means to an end, what's the end? What's well, a kingdom end? It's a kingdom end. So, so God's about the kingdom. When Jesus came, he came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He didn't come to preach the gospel of the church. And so, as I'm reading this, it's it is it's blowing my mind. <laughs> I thought it was all about the church. It's not about the church. Church is only mentioned a couple times, and Jesus is the one that mentioned it, and it was in the same context, so he pretty much only talked about it once. And he says he's gonna build his church, not us. And what we've seen here is, is churches who lose focus on a kingdom mentality and what the kingdom of God is all about, which is it's about the abundant life that Jesus came to, to give us then we become competitors. So here's, here, here's my confession. Uh, I pastored a church down the street from a mega church, um, co-pastored. And uh, we used to glory in, in the fact that when people would be tired of the mega church and they said they're not being fed and they would walk down to our little church with, with just a handful of people, they would say, oh, I'm just so sick and tired. I, I, I need, I'm hungry, I need to be fed. So. I was in seminary at the time, I'm learning a lot. And I'd be proud to give them some meat finally. And rather than being brokenhearted at the fact that they left their congregation, they, they forsook the assembling of, of the saints in, in that congregation, I was happy that they, that they dropped that team and they joined our team. You know what I mean? That's, I shouldn't be happy about that. And I would trash talk on People. It was really jealousy. I was really just jealous at those mega church pastors who had more people in their church, which is which is a misnomer. They had more people congregating together. Um, it was really just jealousy. But I, but but what I would do in the future now is if someone says, "Hey, we want to fellowship with you." Okay, wh wh where did you fellowship before? And so, what happened there? Why why did you leave? And Okay, so you left because you felt that that congregation was unloving. Well, it should have been loving because you were there, right? Like you have Jesus living in you, right? And so if you felt that place lacked love, doesn't Jesus want to bring love into that place through you because he resides in you and you no longer live but Christ lives in you and you are not your own but you've been bought with a price and you died to yourself? So what's the issue here? Um, so, 
this this book has has caused me to, to to really think. It's challenged me to shift my my focus and my thinking from from quote unquote church ministry, church culture, to a kingdom mentality. And Tony Evans has been saying this for a long time. I mean, he wrote Kingdom Man, Kingdom Woman, Raising Kingdom Kids. King, I mean, he's he's got the he's got the monopoly on on, on the kingdom. And so it's now, uh, a decade later, it's starting to make sense. Uh, what Bud Brothers like Tony Evans is talking about when, he, when they promote this narrative of the kingdom. Uh, but it should be, it should be in, our, in our language as well. So, so what is the kingdom? We talked about this before. I think uh, the, the kingdom is about life, and, and Reggie McNeil mentions this. The kingdom is about living abundantly. Um, let me see, since I'm at a red light here. Page 91, the community of faith should be an environment where the number one pursuit of, is the development of human beings created in the image of God, redeemed into his family through Jesus. So when we think about the gospel story, the gospel story, the whole story is this, creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. So creation and restoration are the bookends of God's, of God's uh, larger story. So that should be what our life's about. Restoration. Uh, my wife and I, we, we introduce ourselves as, you know, we're just two restored restorers on mission with God. And it's not like he has a mission for us. It's like there's a mission and he has us to use. And so the, another phrase here, uh, I think, uh, I don't know who, who made it up. It was either Reggie McNeil or, or Alan Hirsch and Michael Frost, but it's not the church who has a mission. It's the mission who has a church to use as a tool. And once again, there's, there's this saying, the church is just a means to an end. The church is a means to a kingdom end, and that end is, is life and life abundantly. So, so local congregations, local churches, small church, big church, mega church, whatever, these people who gather in the name of Jesus, typically on Sundays or throughout the week, um, they should be gathering so that people who are part of that congregation can experience life and life abundantly. That's why we can blow past all the theology and if, if our language is kingdom-centric, then I can look right into their eyes and I can say, okay, I get it, you're passionate about this, that, this theology. How are you living? How are you living? I often tell the story about the uh, my buddy came up to me and says, my dad's got a list of 10 reasons why Jesus doesn't exist. And I go, bro, I don't care about your list. Remember, I talked about this in a previous episode. I don't care about your list. I care about what keeps your dad up at night. I care about why he cries. And I care about the secrets that he keeps from his wife. Because, bro, if he, does, if he has those things, if he has secrets, if he has fears, if he has bitterness, if he has resentment, if he loves money and it dictates his life and has dominion over him, he's not living. He ain't living. He ain't living abundantly. So I am here so that you may have life and life, have it abundantly. And I stole that from Jesus. But I can say that as my own goal for people because I no longer live but Christ lives in me. So I don't have my own agenda. I just say what Jesus wants and Jesus wants people to have life and this spans across all it spans across all uh, religions or whatever you call your faith I'm just gonna ask you some basic questions you got any fears 
Why do you have secrets with your wife? Why do you... Why do you hide what you do to your husband? Why do you yell at your kids? That's not abundant life, yelling at your kids a lot for... for, uh... spilling their milk, for jumping on a couch, for not eating their vegetables. If you yell at your kids for those petty things, you're not living. And so we're here to, to, to promote the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is where life abundantly is in Jesus. And when, when those who have Jesus never pray, Lord, I need you. They say, Lord, thank you that I have you. That's kingdom living. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Not will you, Lord, would you just, would you give me a better job? Would you give me higher pay? No, the, the life of the kingdom is, thank you that I have all that I need. And right now I can be a conduit of your love and mercy and peace because I have you, because I have you. I'm not waiting to get something that I don't have already. All right, so much for kingdom, uh, for, for present future. Let me see, how else can I wrap out this show? Uh, I'm coming to a park here. All right, we're about 13 minutes in. So, what else I got here? Uh, the book's ob objective. Uh, I don't even know what page this is. This is embarrassing. XVII. Is that 50, uh, 17? Okay. <laughs> if you are willing to ask different questions than most of the people in the church, you might be at home in these pages. This might be a trip for you. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, one thing I like about this is I like any book that challenges the status quo. And uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's just a little bit of me of, um, I like to rock the boat a little bit. I, a good friend told me one time, if, if we're not, we're here to push over sacred cows. If we don't, then who will? And I love that. Um, I think this book is a good match to read with uh, The Next Christians by Gabe Lyons because the subtitle of Next Christians for Gabe Lyons is uh, The Good News of the Death of Christian America. And this is about the death of, of uh, what the church has become. So in here, uh, the third reality, uh, it talks about all the chapters are named after realities. So the third reality in here is that there's a new, there's a new reformation happening. And this is what I spoke on, about my, my sermon on the, on the Reformation. I just pulled it right out of here. It wasn't original, it's right out of here. And so the, so the first Reformation was about freeing um, the church from corrupt people, my words. And this new Reformation 500 years later is about freeing people from the church or, or what it's become. And it's become a business. And when people leave the church, uh, the main message that they hear is, y'all come back now, you hear? And we don't want, the, the message should be, God bless you, go in peace, go live life abundantly, live in community. Um, but I, I like, I love this section about, about uh, the old Reformation, the original Reformation and the new Reformation. Uh, the original Reformation, which we, we so desperately needed, was about doctrine, was about right doctrine. And the new Reformation is about transformation. So, and we could even see the shift in, from in the 80s and 90s church that that uh, church was about sermon on ears. It was about a lot of 
I'm going to gather as much information as I can. Now I'm seeing the shift that, that, that sermons are about life transformation. Um, and maybe it's just my, in my little own myopic uh, Western culture, but I'm, I, think it's, I think it's global. I think uh, denominations are becoming less and less more important to people, and they want to know how, what your experience is with Jesus. Like, how has he touched you? How's he, how does he speak to you? And how has he radically changed your, your marriage and your life? And uh, let, me, let me go to this one. Our mission, page 119. Our mission is to introduce the kingdom into this world with its preferred future for humanity. The future is the best place to start. Isn't that awesome? Love that. Um, we talk about the, the new, at the end of the book, it talks about what, what the new, I don't want to say movement because it's not a movement, it's just Jesus. I don't believe in movements. But um, it talks about distinctive characteristics of these new congregations that are coming up for the past, and when I say new, it's for the past decade because this book was written in 2003. Uh, the, the, uh, it talks about apostolic leaders, okay? And not, not, not necessarily the, the, the office of apostles, but apostolos means to send in the Greek. And so leaders who send in the, 21st, in the first and 21st centuries have distinctive characteristics. So we're going back to a first church, first century church model. They are missional, meaning sent. They're visionary. They're entrepreneurial. They work in teams. And I always say, uh, like my buddy Chad taught me, uh, lone rangers are dead rangers. And uh, so, th so those are the characteristics. Missional is versus attractional. Missional means sent out instead of come to my church. No, it's like, hey, when can I take you out to coffee? They're visionary, so uh, it's not just denominationally driven, but it's, it's a vision for the kingdom of God. They're entrepreneurial, um, willing to take calculated risks for the sake of the gospel. And we're working in teams, working in teams. It's that, it's that uh, five-fold ministry model, if you will, if you want to call it that, or some have crit critiqued and called ah, this new apostolic reformations from, from hell. And I, I just don't know that we should be talking like that. Let's go to Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 4 and see that there is, God has been granted, he's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, apest, if you will, but uh, basically using all the, the gifts that Jesus has because we are his body. So we're going to use everything he has, he brings to the fight. I like this, uh, this section on, this might even be a future book, but the Loma right here the hebrew slaves were destined this is on page 13 the hebrew slaves were destined for the promised land a land flowing with milk and honey jesus promises followers abundant life included in that deal is heaven so i'll end with that hebrews 4 talks about abundant life talks about the promised land for the children of israel uh, john 8 talks about abundant life and i think that's i think that's what we were meant for kingdom living I'll close with this. Uh, Switchfoot had a great song, and the tagline in that song was, We were meant to live for so much more. Have we lost ourselves? So. All right, Fabcasters, peace out.